joined here with my co-host with the most Jalen, the journalist for another episode of Effie Hoops brought to you by our sponsors at Real Ones Productions. Shout out to you for listening and taking your time out on this day to uh, soak in this content. If you like this content, appreciate it, value it. Uh, we would appreciate if you hit us with that five star on the review. Make sure you leave a review because they're great, greatly appreciated. Also, consider sharing the podcast so more people can be aware of the wave that's going on. Today, Jalen, how are you feeling, first and foremost, before we get into the show? I'm feeling good. It's cold outside. I ain't have class today since this is a big snowstorm um, in, um, all across the Midwest, from what I know. Frigid temperatures are up there where you are, and they're also down here where we are, because the wind chill in Atlanta is supposed to be at like five today. <laughs> so I'm not going Man, outside. I don't know the wind chill here, but yeah, it's a big snowstorm. I, I, uh, right now, I know some cities in Colorado got like 10 inches. The southwest suburbs of Chicago, some southwest suburbs of Chicago got nine inches. Um, right now here where I'm at, we got about three inches of snow right now, uh, but it's still snowing currently. So, and it's supposed to snow for like the next two days. So, two days got two more days of the snow. Yeah. Look, man, if we had a couple of hours of snow, the city is gonna shut down because we don't do good with snow and, and frigid temperatures. Because like it's really cold outside with global warming being at where it is, and nobody is exempt from the cold. <laughs> so yeah, shout yeah, out to everybody might that's not like there. Arizona. Hey, we're gonna have to go to Arizona where it's a hundo every day. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to everybody dealing with the code and um, everybody that's out in the heat too. Hopefully, you're having a great day wherever you are. Jalen, today's show is going to be interesting to say the least, bro. Some of the breakout players for the month of January, some of the trade deadline fantasy impact around the NBA. We also got a couple other segments, but none more fire than the opener. And you know what it is. You know what time it is, Jalen. It's time for Real Talk. Presented by Real Ones Productions. And shout out to our lovely listeners on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, everywhere else that you can find a podcast at. We love you. We appreciate you. Let's get it started, Jalen. Real talk. Say what's your chest, my boy. I am not fading big man for the rest of the year. Now, coming into the season, I wasn't a big center dude that was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to build my team around center. My fantasy team's around center, blah, blah, blah. In our fantasy draft, I mainly drafted guards um, or forwards, which it was mainly small forwards, not, not power forwards for real, for real. But some can play power forward. But I was just like, you know, I'm not really drafting a center. Like, the only center I'm really drafting is Jokic. You know, I can I can draft Cat, but I don't know how much I trust him to win me a league or even do good in FanDuel well, you probably won't have them daily, but, you know, whenever you do get a chance to get them. Um, and also the same thing with Embiid. But this year, those three centers have been tearing it up. You also seen uh, some centers like Robert Williams doing good. Um, you saw Al Horford do good at the beginning of the season. He's just back to being a 35-year-old Al Horford now. Um, <laughs> and I feel bad, you know, for having him in my underperform, I mean, in my overperformers uh, in our last episode, because it's like since then it's been some time, and he's kind of went back to like the Al Horford that we thought you would. Yeah, but you got DeAndre Aiden who's been doing well this season in fantasy. You also have uh, oh Giannis. Yeah, for sure. Giannis. I mean, I guess from the finals to the regular season to start a regular season. So I'm like, no, no, that can mean injury, which he's had. He has dealt with some injuries this year. 
But yeah, I'm probably done fading big men for the rest of the year. If it's a trader in the fantasy league that we got, I'm probably oh, I ain't gonna say I'm trading for a big man. Also, Evan Moby and Jared Allen have been balling their ass off this whole year. Uh, uh, yes, but but even on FanDuel, I'm not 21 yet, so I can't bet. But turn 21 in May, so I'll be able to do like FanDuel during the playoffs. I really won't be fading big man at that time either. When you talk about big men around the league, you mentioned some great names, and I think when you talked about the point about Giannis. Giannis classifies to me as a big man. If anybody says that otherwise, then I'm like, okay, that doesn't make sense, but okay. Giannis, though, to your point about big men, is in a situation where, like, I don't see his performance falling off. Last night, just recorded his 29th career triple-double, grabbed 15 rebounds, had 11 assists. He now has more career triple-doubles than Michael Jordan. <laughs> and that's a- hey, well, you said this is crazy because, like, y'all, yeah, Michael Jordan, but triple doubles weren't like a huge thing back then. Now, in, in today's game, I think today's game allows for it to be more triple doubles because, I mean, the game is just less physical. The referees, well, that's a whole separate conversation, but like, the game is just, it, <laughs> the game is just evolved. And a player like Giannis, it would be interesting to see how he would translate into a prior generation of hoops. But for where he is right now, it's like, the triple-double, I don't think it should take away from his overall dominance that he's had. They're getting some good play around Giannis, which is the encouraging part. We talk about big men. Uh, LeBron. Like LeBron has been playing center for the Lakers, and I know that they've been losing. And I know that everything is kind of on fire with Russell Westbrook right now. And just the state of the whole Lakers organization, because, you know, at this point, it's almost like LeBron has to save you every night. I know. We did get a collective fresh air when Anthony Davis did come back dealing with injuries. However, Anthony Davis is now back out because he's what? Dealing with injuries. So it's like LeBron has been playing phenomenal. People can say his drop off is on the horizon. But for where he is right now, the same thing I just said about Giannis. We talk about big men. He's playing on another level. Just doesn't seem like King James is slowing down. Other big men that I want to add on to your conversation Robert Williams for your Celtics. I don't want to say a, a savior, but I'll just say be a time lord <laughs> for your Celtics. If you pick Carl Anthony Towns in the first round, he's rewarding you very nicely. 24.2 points a game, 10.1 rebounds, and 4.7 assists. He's been on fire over his last 14 games for sure. 54.5 points yesterday. Your point was, you know, how I think a lot of managers went into the season thinking if if I can get picks one through three, I have to pick Jokic if we talk about centers because that's the only one that's like with fantasy, especially what we saw last year in his MVP season, that center position is in like great hands, but he makes it look so beautiful on the court. He helps us when it comes to fantasy managers out there because he's just a stashy stuffer. He just does it all. And his fantasy yeah. points per minute is at the top of the league, like by far. And if you do want to compare Giannis to him, you very well could. You can make great arguments for whoever won. But at the center position on FanDuel, maybe even DraftKings, I know Sleeper, you have the way to change it, whatever. It's, um, ESPN is kind of locked. But Giannis is going to be a small forward, power forward in that range. Then there's Jokic, who's going to be in the center spot. If we talk about centers, we looked at Jokic and said, hey, this is the cream of the crop. This is the center that you take off the board. When you had him on your team last year, Jalen, what was that feeling like getting you that production, but also as a trade piece too? 
Oh, man. Uh, first of all, I feel like I could throw a dart and it would land anywhere between 60 and 80 points last year with Jokic. <laughs> As a trade piece, he's actually valuable um, if you have him in a fantasy league just because, I mean, usually he's he's at least worth two all-star players. You know, you can, I mean, you can maybe even finesse two all-stars and maybe somebody like Dylan Brooks. Okay, say you can get Steph Curry and who's another player and like Anthony Edwards and Dylan Brooks for Jokic and you might have tossed in like a little bogus player that you don't really use. He's on your bench, but he provides like 20 points per night in a fantasy. It might bite for that. You just would have to do it at the right time because you mentioned a player like Curry. If I'm not looking at Curry whenever Draymond Green gets back and I know that his performances could be more, I can have, I can anticipate his floor more because Draymond just helps Curry's game so much for the Warriors. So it's about timing. Your point about the players, two all-stars, maybe even three. And then if you're in a dynasty league, you add in a couple of picks. I would definitely bite at that if I'm a Jokic owner, depending on what the state of the rest of my team is. The point about Jokic is that we looked at him heading into the season as like the bona fide center. Who else is going to step up? But I see now the big men this year have been playing better widespread all across the board because there was a point in time where Chris Porzingis was playing well, but he was popping off for 70 pieces, but then he'll have floor games where he'll get you 30. That's the highs and lows of it. Players that's on the fringe too is like Christian Wood. He's been playing well, but we'll take a trip down to Orlando because there was a hot little second where Mo Bamba was getting busy for fantasy. And then also Wendell Carter just played well last night against his former team and yeah. lit him up. <laughs> Sorry, Bulls fans, but <laughs> he had a point to prove. 24-8-6. can't be mad. They got you. They got Vucevic. The thing about fantasy managers that took a chance on Carter, he, you were definitely feeling good last night. Over his last six games, he's averaged 16-9. and nine. 16 points, 9 rebounds. I don't think it's worthy of an all-star by any consideration, but you mentioned the Cleveland Bigs playing well this season. We'll have a whole other conversation about, you know, Darius Garland, I'm sure, at another time. Yeah. It's been big men that's been playing well. And even if you look at players that's, like, not even the high-profile ones, look at Jaron Jackson, Triple J, the unicorn, leading the NBA in blocks. And he keeps being a consideration for Defensive Player of the Year. It's not like Memphis isn't a team that can interchange their parts. They don't let their minutes for their players get out of out of whack. Everybody is around that 30-minute mark. Nobody really seems to get over that 30-minute mark unless it's like Ja, for real. Everybody else is kind of like constantly rotating, and I think they've had to do that with Dylan Brooks being gone, and you mentioned him earlier. It's somebody like Brandon Clark. I know the people that have been playing, that's been playing uh, Grizzlies, you've had to have him in consideration. 18.5 minutes per game this season. He has an average of 21.4 points, 11 rebounds, and three assists. He's getting you value in the minutes that, that he's out there. Uh, Steven Adams dealing with some injuries and being questionable um, lately for you. You talk about DeAndre Ayton, but from a fantasy perspective too, if you had to look at the Sun situation and constantly manage who you're going to stream on a de- on a nightly basis, whether it's uh, Jason Smith. We got Bismack Miyambo coming out recently for them. JaVale McGee, when he had to stretch, they were centers that we were streaming, big men that we were streaming. We could look around the whole landscape of the league, to Jalen's point, for real talk. Big men have been playing well. <laughs> out of all of them, my question to you, Jalen, would be big men that are worth first-round consideration next season, top three guys that you're looking at. 
Kiss MB, Jokic, and Cat. You might be able to throw Evan Mobley in there, depending on how, how you feeling that day. When you look at the next tier, who are the ones that you come on after that? Hmm. I mean, Evan Mobley definitely can be in the first tier, second tier. He's in both. Okay, Rudy Gobert. Evan Mobley, Rudy Gobert, Jared Allen, depending on how much you want to bet that he continues this hot streak uh, going into next year. Anthony Davis, I forgot all about him. He's only been healthy so much this year. That last tier, that's where you get like the Robert Williams, Christian Wood, and all those other big men that's like, they're nice to have on your fantasy team, but you don't want them being like in your top five players. You want them being like bottom tier of uh, your good players, at least. The big man position, it's limitless at this point. We see a lot of different player archetypes out there that can get you fantasy points. And at the end of the day, it's all about who can get you fantasy points. So before I pass it back to Jalen for him to close out real talk for him, on a night-to-night basis, if you're playing on FanDuel or even if you're playing with your team in a fantasy league, you have to take everybody into consideration because anybody can pop off at any given time. You definitely have to look at consistency as well. Just because you hear a player's name and you might not recognize it or it might not like sound good doesn't mean that they can't get you fantasy production. A classic example of that is a player like Jakob Porto for the Spurs. Out of nowhere, this man's price is now elevated to almost in the 9,000 range on FanDuel. And you might look at him like, Jakob Porto, I'm not playing him. <laughs> all right. <laughs> You're going to miss out on the fantasy points. And that's what it's all about. Getting the most fantasy points so you can win your games and win your leagues. So I pass it back to Jalen. As I said, I'm going to stop hating big man. I ain't the audience, you know, I don't know how y'all feel about getting big man on y'all rosters or uh, even rosters for like daily fantasy teams that y'all use from like FanDuel and everything like that. I mean, you want to get to the next act? Yeah, Real Talk, um, presented by Real Months Productions. It's been tough the entire season. Who am I going to play on a nightly basis based on the salaries constantly shifting with the guards in the league? You could go so many different ways with guards, depending on who's playing in the league. But John Morant's price now on Vandal and around the industry is 10200 Yeah, I saw that earlier. 45.1 fantasy points per game, over 40 games played. 62.6 at Milwaukee, 54.2 at Denver, 55.6 at Dallas, 64 at San Antonio, 57 versus Utah, 42.6 versus Washington. And then last night at Philly, he had 44.5. He still had 37, 5, and 5, but he did have nine turn- turnovers, a costly turnovers. His price, 10200 You look at Kyrie Irving coming back. Kyrie Irving, since he's when in the games that he's able to play, 41.6 at Indiana, 39.6 at Portland. It's not a Kyrie game. In limited minutes, in 24 minutes, 17.3 at Chicago. Uh, that game in early January, around, I think it was the 12th. Then Cleveland, 27, 7, and 9. Can't forget that game because he, he just ended up talking noise to the fan about the championships. You got to be grateful. <laughs> then you have Washington, 44.1. 30 points, three rebounds, seven assists. Kyrie has been playing well, and most recently he had a 56.1 performance uh, at Golden State. He's been very popular. Um, Luka Doncic, I can go down his stat line. He's hit two back-to-back 60-piece games on FanDuel at Orlando recently, 61.9, and 63.2 versus in Indiana. 
I know his play can be up and down. What Jalen said earlier about throwing a dart throw with Jokic, and I can just hope that he's going to give me 60 to 80. I think the reason why people can talk about playing guards is because they can do the same thing if you pick the right one. And, like, Luka could be anywhere between a 40, or he can even have a boom game and get you probably 70. And he did it most recently, and he had a 70-piece versus Memphis where he had 37 minutes, 37 points, 11 rebounds, 9 assists, 3 steals. Three, that's surprising to me because it's like, oh, Luka don't play defense. Well, when he does play defense, he adds to his ceiling even more. And he even added a block. The knock, he did have five turnovers. <laughs> but that five turnovers was probably is what prevented him from getting 80. If we talk about numbers, there's been so many guards that have been playing well. Lamelo, for example, Tyrese Halliburton. At first, we started to see this season and said that De'Aaron Fox was like taking off. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> he had a stretch in beginning of January, 44, 38, 43, 46. And then it started to come back down after he got hurt at the back end of uh, January. Tyrese Halliburton came up and saved the day. And his price has been consistent. And his performance has been taking off and elevating. That's kind of the heartbreak because you can play a guard like Halliburton and one night he'll go for 59.1 at Philly and get his career high. But then he'll have a performance where they'll have him priced at close to 8,000. And he has a game against Boston where he only gets you seven points. <laughs> he gets you 27.5 27 fantasy points, but seven points, five rebounds, seven assists. It's good, but like Halliburton's ceiling I think is more attached to his scoring output in fantasy guards they're all over the place Tyrese Maxey just went off 33 points three rebounds eight assists four blocks <laughs> Anthony Simons 7,000 to 8,000 range for you consistently since uh, Dame Lillard was has been dealing with injuries and mention names like Harden Bradley Bill, when he's been playing, Jalen Brown. If you want to include uh, Jason Tatum in there as well, the guy that we talked about earlier, uh, I knew we would get to him, and I knew that we would segue to him, Jalen, with Darius Garland. His price right now is at 8100 What do you see him in your eyes right now when it comes to fantasy? Darius Garland? You said his price. I ain't going to say it's cheap, but I mean, <laughs> that's actually a good price to get Darius Garland. I ain't going to lie. And they had him priced actually lower than that. And I've seen him in the 6,000s, 7,000s at points throughout this season. 8,100 is kind of like at his peak right now. And it's only getting higher. Even if you want to add Desmond Bain, Mr. I don't see a three that I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. I need to be in the three-point contest. Mr. My biceps are on swole like a linebacker. And I know that he's had this stretch where he's getting back into the tune of things. But his most recent performance at Philly is just an indication that he has his boom potential on you. And if you drafted him, like I know Jalen did in one of his leagues where you picked up Dylan Brooks, but you had Desmond Bain on your bench, you're in a win-win situation regardless. Uh, yeah. Right now I got him in my start lineup though because Dylan Brooks is out and he cooled off for like a minute early in the season. Then like he, he just caught fire again. He had like 75 points in our league the, the other night against the Knicks. I, I ain't play him though that night. A blessing or a heartache? Say it with my chest. The guards around the league, it's not just the one guys anymore. Where it's just like it was when you look just looking at Jokic. It's way more expansive. Real talk presented by 
Real Ones Productions. <laughs> Coming up next, we have the main enchilada. <laughs> Just a deep dive. We're going to be talking about breakout players for the month of January. It's going to be led by Jalen, the journalist. Man, breakout players. So I got three. To me, it's a player that, you know, has had spurts and everything this year in fantasy, but at times been inconsistent. But, you know, this whole month, he's been mostly on fire. And my first player is Ayodosumu. Now, some of this is a little biased because I am an Illinois fan. I did get to watch him all three years at Illinois. But, I mean... Excluding last night, which was the first of February, so he so he don't count for, for so so that game don't count for January. Even though he had twenty nine point seven fantasy points on FanDuel, that is, which all these numbers I named off of FanDuel, so I don't know if FanDuel and DraftKings got different numbers, but he's had over four four thirty point games this uh, month. Well, he's had four thirty point games this month. He's had he's had a forty point game this month, uh, a fifty point game. Which I believe that was like his near perfect game where he shot like almost I feel like a hundred percent. Oh no, that was the game uh, after against the Grizzlies at fifty points. Um, that game against Celtics where he shot almost hundred percent. Yeah, he's he's been playing well. Uh, I mean, to me, he'll be a good pickup in any league, but on any day because well, he has a defined role, and you know, player with a defined role that that he has. You know, consistent production night in, night out because I mean they're in defined role and they usually know what their role is and they play towards their role. He doesn't play like a star, but he doesn't play like a bench player that doesn't get minutes or or, or he doesn't deserve minutes. He plays like a kind of like a Mikael Bridges. Now he isn't the player that Mikael Bridges is, but you know he's in the, he's in that defined role to where you know you kind of know what he's going to get you in fantasy. Um, and this month he he has done good. Some of that is due to the injuries to Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball and at one point Zach Levine. But I mean, that's what you get I assume for to step up. Another breakout player I had who's another rookie, Skate Cunningham. And then you had like that stretch where he was like on fire, where you had like that 69 point game on FanDuel. He had, then he had like the 36 point game, he had 52 point game. But he's a rookie, so uh, I don't really discredit those towards him because he's a rookie. So, you know, you, you ain't going to have like straight 30 point games throughout the, the whole month of January. But, of course, he has 30-point games. He had 40-point games in the middle of January. A couple 20-point games to start January and everything. He's overall been solid. You know, his price has been around, like, the 70, like, 75 to 7,800 range. Well, uh, that was more recently. But before that, it was around, like, the 6,000 range. So, 6,000 and 6,500 range. To me, he's been worth his price. Uh, and my last breakout player was Jaron Jackson Jr., Three J, yes, triple J, unicorn. You have one on um, my list. <laughs> <laughs> last game of January, he had thirty six point nine fantasy points, but the game before they had thirty one. But for those two games, the against the Jazz, he had a forty seven point fantasy game. Before that, mm-hmm. when they played the Spurs, he had a forty eight point fantasy game. Now he had a fifteen point fantasy game. But before that, he had he had thirty seven. He's had. Multiple forty point and thirty point fantasy games to see that uh, this month he even had a fifty five point game and a sixty point game this month. So I mean he's been balling. Uh, he almost made it to my all star list for 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 for, for, for fantasy players this month, but I was like ah uh, nah I can't leave off some of these players on my all star list. So he had to go over to my breakout players, which he replaced Aaron Gordon. Cause I was like man he's been performing better than Aaron Gordon this month. I don't like. Aaron's been playing good, but but uh, Jaron Jackson been playing better. He's also what second in total blocks this season. 
So yeah, I mean, his price is really been around like the six thousand range. Uh, re- lately, it's going up to the seven thousands. So I think or, or, tonight, or just, uh, let me see. I can go check this word, bro. <laughs> Listen, if I can get him at that, that's 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 underpriced to me. Yeah, um, I had him on my list too. <laughs> <laughs> His stretches, if you just look at his numbers, the box score numbers, even the fantasy outputs, his price to me should be higher. You have any more breakout players for January? Only had three. Okay, cool. From from our breakout players. All right, breakout players in the month of January for me. I'm going to go with players that you might not think could play well, but secretly, they've been balling out. Let's start with a guy that's in Toronto right now. I could talk about him in like tremendous, tremendous depth. But I think the one thing about this player that I love is he looks like a mixed, he looks like the weekend to me. <laughs> and the fact that he plays in Toronto is just even more perfect. Since the trade, Gary Trent Jr. has been so beautiful as far as a fit and a piece for the Raptors. I feel, I feel like he feel, fits the mold of what they're trying to build in Toronto. I feel like it, it was just destined for him to be there. <laughs> and I also feel like if you picked him up in fantasy and you drafted him on your team, you have to be looking at his performances in the month of January and saying to yourself, is this a Gary Trent? Were you in there all along? <laughs> and it's like, yes, he was there like all along. On the season, he's averaging 18.2 points per game, 2.8 rebounds, two assists, (laughs) basically two steals, and less than a turnover. He just put up five straight games of over 30 points. (laughs) His most recent game, he went for 41 minutes, and they got a dub against the Heat. That's the second dub against the number one team in the East. Can you say that they will be able to do that without Gary Trent? No. He's made at least five threes in five straight games, and he scored 30-plus points in each of those contests. During this stretch, 32.2 points, 3.2 rebounds, 1.8 steals, 1.4 blocks, and 42 minutes a game. He's been a breakout player for me, and I think his stretch is going to continue even into the month of February because upcoming matchups for this week, they take on Chicago, Atlanta. Um, next week, you got a fast-paced game against Charlotte at, at OKC that doesn't know how to play defense, at Houston, who has their own problems um, in itself. <laughs> they take on Denver. Whereas probably his performance could take tail off. But that's right before the All-Star break. Just right before the All-Star break. I think that he can keep it going. I'm not saying that 30-plus performances are going to happen every night. But if you draft the Gary Trent Jr. Um, and you have him on your on your teams, you're, you have to be giving this man a standing ovation for this stretch that he's been on uh, in the month of January. He's one of my, he's my first breakout player. Second breakout player. I don't know what has gotten into Kyle Kuzma. But this man is, to me, the number two option on the Washington Wizards. In the month of January alone, he has 50-piece at Chicago versus Chicago versus Charlotte, (laughs) 59.8. Another 50-piece at Orlando, 51.9. He has another (laughs) 50-piece versus Philly, (laughs) 51.2. 
Moon, does he have another one? Yeah, two back-to-back ones most recently as we head into the month of February at at Milwaukee where he had 25-11-2. And he also added three blocks on 451.2. And then, then to close out January at Memphis, he had 51.1. We can talk about his other performances because it has been like a little drop-off in here and there. He had uh, his most recent low light was versus Brooklyn where high profile game you can expect a lot of attention to be on it and he didn't live up but outside of that this month of January he has been amazing his price is at 8,200 currently if you would have looked at it earlier in the season um, you would have said like would you think Kyle Kuzma's price would be at this point I don't know if he would however with him growing into his role for the Wizards um, and his play only continuing to extend, the month of January has treated Kyle Kuzma absolutely lovely. He, he continues to thrive as one of the, main, the Wizards' main scoring options. And with the absence of Bradley Bill, you talk about the trade possibilities surrounding Spencer Dinwiddie, the former Lakers forward, he was getting busy. He scored 19 or more points in three games in a row most recently. And he scored double digits in each of his appearances since December the 23rd. So his hot streak has been even going back to December. He's averaging 21.9 points and 10.7 rebounds over that 18-game span. So my second player, breakout player for the month of January is Kyle Kuzma. You deserve it. My next breakout player from the month of January, a guy that is in a city um, that has a player that wants to remain loyal to his team, loyal to the soil. Ben. They call him Dame Dalla, and he gets him all. He gets all the the shine with him being out of the lineup. Other people have had to step up and take some of that shine, and a player that's been taking a lot of that shine, making the most of his time on the court, is my guy. Yusuf Nurkic, uh, center for the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, his price currently is 7600 on FanDuel. And on the season today, he's averaging 34.13 fantasy points per game on 48 games played on the season. In the month of January, <laughs> this, he kicked it off with a 40-piece against Atlanta, 21-12 and 5. In fact, for a yeah, four-game stretch to kick off the month of January versus Atlanta, Miami, Cleveland, and Sacramento, he had double-digit rebounds in each one of those games. 14-6 versus Sacramento, 14-12 versus Cleveland, 14-13. You're going to see where I'm getting with my point in a second, but let me just say that he did have a little dip when he took on Brooklyn and Denver. Um 29.1 fantasy points uh, against Brooklyn. And Denver, he had a 30-piece, 30 31.6, but he got under, got eight rebounds, so he just finished short of the 10-rebound threshold, double-double territory. But after that, it's almost like something clicked and something switched again. And with Nurkic, he took on Washington, he got you 44.8, 23 and 14. <laughs> the next game at Orlando, he had 21 points and 22 rebounds for a 62-piece to get the dub against Orlando. Now, the thing is, he's been consistent for the month of January. 
And his performances have only gotten better. Now, I know as we closed out the, the month, he, he didn't kind of keep that same energy um, in the last two games. And most recently at OKC, he didn't finish in double-double territory. Neither did he against Chicago. But whenever Yusef Nurkic gets into double-double territory, um, he's getting you 25 and 13 like he did against Houston or breakout performances like he did against Orlando, 21 and 22. He, he can reward you from a fantasy manager's perspective, um, whether you are in DFS or if you, are, you have him on your, on your squad. His trade value is only going to get higher in your league. So if I'm looking at this stretch of January, I'll have him on, on my trade block to see how much I can get for him at this price because I don't know how long Dame Dollar is still projected to be out. However, his play and his absence has been a bright spot for Portland. He's my next breakout player, my third, to say the least. I got an honorable mention. I couldn't say Yusef Nurkic without saying Anthony Simons, so he would be another honorable mention for me because his price is elevated in the month of uh, January, and he's had some boom performances as well. And it seems like Yusef Nurkic's play is kind of been tied with Anthony Simons. CJ coming back hasn't really... It's had a like slight dip-off, but hasn't uh, affected him too much as far as a fantasy standpoint. When Dame does come back... Um, we can see Simon's more faded more than Nurkic. However, for where we are right now in the month of January, Kyle Kuzma, Gary Trent, aka the weekend, <laughs> and also Yusef Nurkic. Those are uh, my three breakout players for the month of January, with the honorable mention being Anthony Simons. I just like the list. Uh when you mentioned when you ever mentioned Nurkic, I thought of Anthony Simons. I was like, oh dang, I forgot about I am free signs. I wouldn't even think about Nurkic. So, yeah, I actually like that list. And I just thought about it too. You can, if I know there's people going to be out there, you're going to have some fans that are going to say, How could you forget Anthony Edwards? Okay, I, I added him now. He's at the end. <laughs> He's another player that's been balling out for, for uh, January. <laughs> that is our list. But I'm excited to see what the month of February has to hold for some of these players around the league. We're getting closer and closer to playoff time. We want to give you a special shout out and talk about something that we just started on the beautiful app that they call Sleeper. Sleeper, we started Dynasty League, myself and Jalen the Journalist, called Dynasty Kings. It is putting a spotlight and an emphasis on fantasy basketball for the community because we know that fantasy basketball doesn't get the same type of love and or appreciation that fantasy football does because fantasy football is, you know, way more popular. We wanted to put spotlight and emphasis on fantasy basketball. So we definitely took a time to add players in our league. Uh, it's been, we had our draft recently and that went great. The players that we have in our league has been making it so much fun. So we want to give a special shout out to our Dynasty Kings some of our lineups <laughs> for this league are ridiculous. So yeah. shout out to Sleeper. <laughs> shout out to Sleeper. We had a great time with uh, the draft. And also with it being, we, we, we went positionalist. So we didn't have players labeled by positions. We just had them all as utility players. So you can build your lineup however you want to. It made it crazy. Like the one and only Jalen the Journalist team, lethal. <laughs> jo- Joel and B. 
Donovan Mitchell, who's currently out right now, but you guys, Christos Przingis, Anthony Edwards, DeJounte Murray, <laughs> OG Ananobi, Darius Garland, Joe, Joe Ingles. <laughs> Not Joe, yes, Joe Ingles. That's yeah, been I can make some changes now this week. He ain't even finesse the way to get Zion. <laughs> he even finesse the way to get Zion. <laughs> I mean, you like, got Kawhi and uh, Ben Simmons, right? Yeah, hey, Kawhi, I got Kawhi Ben Simmons. I was like, man, let me just see. Let me take a look. <laughs> I was like, oh, Ben Simmons is still here. For some reason, let me take it. But some of our lineups is, are lethal. Shout out to Steezy's in the league as well. And um, some our Twitter, um, my Twitter, I guess, people that I say. Shout out to y'all for being in the league too. And if you want to join, just send us send me a DM on Twitter and we can reserve you a spot uh for for this next coming season. And my team, just, I got some I went young for my team. Like I have Trey Young, Brandon yeah. Ingram. Uh, LaMelo, Pascal Siakam, Kate Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Josh Giddy, Bobby Portis, Franz Wagner, Luke Kennard, Cam Johnson, Okongwu. Like, I went young. Like, that was my strategy heading into the draft. And I, I do, like I said, I got Ben Simmons and Kawhi Leonard <laughs> and <laughs> some other players. I'm not going to cloak, but... It's it's been fun, and we want to give a special shout out to Sleeper for all making it possible, and shout out to our Dynasty Kings League uh, for being goaded, and we want to put a spotlight on the Dynasty. Definitely, we want to see Dynasty expand all across the world uh, for fantasy basketball, and with the help of us, who knows, we just might do it. <laughs> so that's our shout out to Sleeper. The next segment that we get into, Jalen, we're getting closer and closer I think this day should be, well, this day should be a holiday, first and foremost, <laughs> because there's always something popping off here. Now, I know last year wasn't too crazy, blockbuster situations happening, but the trade deadline is fastly approaching, bro. And the late landscape around the whole entire league there's so many different fantasy situations that are going to be impacted with this trade deadline. So many teams that could get busy at the deadline. So many teams that might not do anything at all. I'm not going to say any, any names. <laughs> the trade deadline fantasy impact. Okay. Right now, to me, it was Eric Gordon and Jeremy Grant. Um, you know, Eric Gordon has been in trade talks. I mean, fantasy-wise, he isn't like... A, uh, a breathtaking good player. Uh, he won't take your breath away. But it's like, you know, he can get you 20 sometimes. Sometimes even 30. Well, he has a couple 30-point games this season. You know, lately he's been like the, I don't want to pick him on my team side uh, in FanDuel or, or, or even a Dynasty. I'm not Dynasty King, Draft King. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, with, with last game, he had 13 points, 15 points, 15 points. 15 points again, but before that, he had like a couple 20-point games, a 40-point game. Then he had like a two-bad game stretch. He had a couple 20-point games before that, and you know, a couple games before that, so he had some 30-point games in there. Start to start the season, he was like a eh, player, but yeah, you know, he, he's a player that's going to take away shots for for some players. Um, good defender. Like if he goes to a team, like 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 like, like let's say he goes to a team. Like the Lakers, which I don't think he will. It would be a good fit. He would get 
he would get some good opportunity there. And it also seemed like the Celtics, he'd get some good opportunity there. Will he do lots of with the ball? No, he'd probably just shoot the ball for for the most part. Um, or maybe even the team like the Bulls, you know, which he would get a lot more opportunity just because, you know, they're battling with injuries right now. So he might have the ball in his hands right now. His, his fan duel price is at, 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 at uh, $4,500, um, which is right, which, well, yesterday he was 4900 or or, or or starting on the 31st. Today he's, he's 4500 I don't know how good that price is for, for, for Eric Gordon. It isn't terrible, in my opinion. Then also Jeremy Grant. He had 16 points just last night or uh he always well, 16 fantasy points, not actual points. Before that, you know, he went on a good stretch of, of having 20, 40, and 30 point games in fantasy. So now will he get traded? I don't know. You know, he, he wants his role to be a little bit bigger or or, or kind of similar to what he is now. He also wants to get paid, in my opinion, with to what he said or to what the report was, to to what he wants. Like, listen here, bro, you're 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 not that type of dude that I want on my team. If if you're asked to be like a top option and to get paid, um, like was well, like 140 mil or something like that. Um, but yeah, yeah, if you're asking for that, you're I'm not trading for you. But if he does get traded, um, which I don't know to whatever team, but I know Bulls fans have been talking about Jeremy Grant. Which if he goes there, you might. Some people might fade out of the somewhere a little bit, but because of course, uh. He will take some of those minutes away. Some people might fake Kobe White a little bit, of course, because he can take some of those minutes away also. But also that that might just you might also fade Jeremy Grant after that because you know his fantasy points might take a, a hit because I mean they already got Zach Levine, uh Vucevic, DeMar DeRozan. Am I forgetting anybody on 18 that like really accumulates fancy points? I mean, I'd assume when and uh, Kobe White, but am I forgetting anybody Russo, on 18 that? You, you mentioned yeah, Russo. Russo. Oh, oh, Alonzo um, Ball. Ball, yeah, Ball. We can't forget about him. Um, I mean, Green Green has been playing well, and he's a low price player that it is definitely a, a value asset for your team um, if you have him. Um, and but it's kind of like you're missing. I, I wish that they had. Uh, I call them pretty patties, but Patrick Williams. I wish that they had him out there, but those are the ones that I, that I think that stick out. To your point, yeah, that also can boost some players' uh, fantasy production on the on the Pistons, though. If he does get traded, K. Cunningham will more likely go up. Uh, Sadiq Bay will more likely go up in fantasy points. Those are two names that that you're just looking for on like FanDuel or DraftKings to to be like, uh, you know, maybe we draft him. Um, because I mean, th- th- they're so young that you kind of just want to get them opportunity, and more, more opportunity is always good. Right now, uh, I don't know Sadiq Bay's price. His price is six thousand today, or well, it's going to be six thousand tomorrow. So they don't play today. But how good or bad that that price is, uh, really? Because I don't really play Fanduel or DraftKings because I can't. Cause I'm not uh, of age yet to play that. But it's cheap, by bro. next. It's cheap because his price has skyrocketed at points this season where it's like in the 8,000 range. Ah, okay. So, yeah, but by like, by like the, the end of February or like really like right after trade deadline, you know, you can see you, you might want to pick up Sadiq Bay because Jeremy Graham might be shipped off. 
So uh, those are like two players I got my eye on and two teams, like a couple teams I got my eye on. Also, Killian Hayes probably, he's been terrible this season. I'm not like, he isn't that good of a player. So I wouldn't even worry about his fantasy production uh, if Jeremy Green does get traded on the Pistons. Dang, you still going crazy on (laughs) Killian. Yeah. I had him in my lineup the other night. He did what he was supposed to do. Got me like 20 points. (laughs) That's all I needed. Anybody like you interested watch for fantasy wise when it comes to the oh, trade? For, sh- for sure. I want to know how active are the Indiana Pacers going to be at the trade deadline? And the second question is what is the value or the worth for Miles Turner? Now, I'm not necessarily saying that for the Pacers, I'm referring around the league. When you look around the landscape of this league and you ask yourself, which teams be in services for a big man of Miles Turner's skill set? If we add Miles Turner to our team right now, who's That's starting almost caliber, team. almost every team, right? Provides that shot blocking and stretch big ability. I mean, of course, you don't you don't really care for him if you know you're the Nuggets or you know Sixers or something like that. But you know, if if you're a team that needs a center, so even the Hawks, you know. Low stretch big, you know, that's only if you give her to Capella. It could be an asset to every team. Every team. But the team that sticks out like a store thumb to me, the Charlotte Hornets need to be a serious contender for Miles Turner. If I look at basically every other team, if we even want to reduce it to the teams that have playoff aspirations, Miles Turner in blue and purple just feels right. Charlotte needs an upgrade. It's more than clear. Like, they're, they're big men. They're five. How much stock or future stock do we going to put into uh, Mason Pumley? We can't, like, moving forward. When you talk about P.J. Washington, who's been available, unavailable, best abilities, availability, he's undersized. They can't defend. And if you look at Charlotte's weakness, they rank number one in the NBA in pace. They play fast. They have LaMelo Ball. Even look at their team and say that they have five players on their team already. That should get you about 15 points. We talk about Hayward, Oubre, Rogier, LaMelo, Bridges. It, <laughs> it's just crazy and mind-boggling to me how bad Charlotte is defensively. I honestly think that Mason Publi takes their makes their offense take a dip. So if uh, you look at a play... Yeah. It sucks. That's the best way I can. That's I, th- I thought that was a nice way to put it, right? <laughs> it makes their offense take a dip. I, I, we don't want your playoff chances to take a dip. <laughs> and if we're looking at right now, currently constructed, if the playoffs started today, y'all would Charlotte Hornets, y'all would be in a play-in game right now against the Toronto Raptors, who play Nick Nurse has been <laughs> he's been making his players play forty plus minutes a game, and his rotation is five players. You're playing against Toronto if the play playoffs started today. There was a stretch where y'all were the hottest team in the league. The reality is that y'all can't defend. I know that Lamelo Ball's global ascent has been a long time coming. We've already known that this storm was coming for a while now. Being in the second season and being in the R-Star consideration is beautiful. And it's saying that the timing for this, this, this rebuild is right on par. You look around the league, it's like, who wouldn't want to play with LaMelo Ball? If you plug him in now, I could take you way more seriously, Charlotte, in the playoffs. To be honest, if y'all end up in a situation where y'all have to play the Bulls the first round or Philly the first round, 
and you have to take on Joel Embiid. You have to take on Joel Embiid, and uh, you're going to have to depend on Mason Plumlee and PJ Washington. You might as well go ahead and book your trips to Maui or the Maldives and get the Jets ready because this is not happening. So I definitely feel like Charlotte is a team that needs to be in play. Now I know they got the they technically owe the New York Knicks. Um, they're protected 20, 22 first rounder, um, but that that pick could be tied up. I think all the way up to twenty twenty five. It's gonna be interesting to see what they do and how how active that they are. Not just with Miles Turner, and I know that would be to me a perfect fit for Charlotte, but with Karis Avert, Malcolm Brogdon, Zabonis, they're one of those teams that I feel like they're in denial. Like. Just go ahead and blow it up already, Indiana. Yeah. Like the pieces that y'all have on your team could definitely change the fantasy landscape on teams out there. You add Karis Avert to the teams out there that need that need his skill set. Because we know that all trades don't fit and make sense. <clears throat> I'm not gonna say no names, Russell Westbrook. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, Lakers fans are going crazy right now. <laughs> uh, but not seriously. Like, I think. If you look at it around the league, Indiana, what are you going to do? Um, how active are you going to be at the trade deadline? And what is Miles Turner's uh, value around the league? The other teams uh, or players that I'm interested in, uh, Jalen Brunson, because I thought that Jalen Brunson's play was, was going to dip when Luka came back. Um, just naturally, because I thought it was going to be a situation kind of like when Dinwiddie... When Dinwiddie does not have Bradley Bill on the floor. For some reason, Dinwiddie turns into himself a couple years ago <laughs> or however he wants to play before the injury. He just shines when he doesn't have Bradley Bill on the court. Now, I know that they have their own tension and everything, but like my point is that when Bradley Bill comes back, Dinwiddie's production just totally tails off. I thought the same thing was going to be the case for Jalen Brunson when Luka Doncic, the number one by far, um, is comes back but Jalen Brunson he's his play his play didn't tell off and his fantasy fantasy points are kind of like stable right now and that is to me a a beautiful thing now around the league how valuable do they see Jalen Brunson because we look at him as underappreciated might look at Jalen Brunson as not good depending on how you depending on what team you're talking about depending on what time you talk about they have had Dallas that is has had no problem scoring the ball when Luka has been on the court with Brunson, how many times do we need to see Luca just out there, just getting smothered in double team, triple team, before we like really understand the magnitude of the situation that we need players that can take the ball out of his hands and shot create, play make for the team. Jalen Brunson, sprinkle his name in here because he might be active at the deadline, but Dorian Finney-Smith as well. But the ascension of his offensive game, I think his trade value is, is, has risen. But those two players, I'm interested to see what Dallas does at the deadline. Um, and I think that wherever Jalen Brunson goes, depending on how you, how you see him, he can be a, a player that can add value to you, help shot create and facilitate for, for your team to maybe get bigger buckets. And then last but not least, the Cavs. Right now, they're a four seed, 31-20. Um, Colin Sexton is on an expiring contract. So is Ricky Rubio. Yep, and he just got injured. I don't know if they pay him. If you look at the total money allotted, $24 million, as far as if, they, if you want to package that in a deal, I don't know how much you'll get from him, especially with Rubio turning to ACL and then Colin Sexton with his injury as well. 
they have netted an 8.9 million disabled player exception. They could use that to bring in a lower salary guard that's on a one-year contract. I'm not going to say no name. No, I should say some names. Dennis Schroeder. <laughs> Sorry, Jalen. Jalen's a Celtics fan. Had to be a little bit extra with that one. But his name could be in consideration. The main player I was going to talk about is Colin Sexton. Like, what do they do? With him being out, you now have seen that Darius Garland can drive the keys to the truck, the Ferrari, the Lambo. Whatever you see the Cleveland rebuild is going right now in your eyes, he can drive the keys to that. And he showcased that throughout this season. We talked about him earlier and said that his price at 8000 is actually cheap. <laughs> Should be priced higher. It definitely has helped. I know Rondo has been there. Hopefully, he's helped Darius Garland when it comes to his game. If I am Cleveland, I know Young Bull is a, a developing player, still young, fresh out of Bama, like, but also has had experience in the league now. What more do you need to see from Darius Garland for you to make that decision, especially since his contract, Tyler Sexton's contract is expiring? I want to know what Cleveland is going to do. And the teams, mostly East teams, Cleveland, Charlotte, even Atlanta as well. So those are some of the trade deadline. Oh, Indiana. How, how could I forget? <laughs> Indiana. So, yeah, those are some of the teams that I am players and I'm interested in heading into this trade deadline and the fantasy impact that's going to happen. You got anything else to, that you want to add to the segment, bro? Don't get your hopes up on Benson returning this year, probably. Yeah, he ain't getting traded anytime soon. Didn't show getting traded. Wouldn't hurt me as much. Actually, fence production might go up compared to where to where it is now that Marcus Smart is back. You know, depending on what team he goes to, of course. You know, if he goes to a team like the Mavericks, I think his fan production goes up to maybe about that like twenty-two to thirty-three uh points a night range. I know you don't want to hear this, bro, but Jalen Brown would look amazing in the Hawks jersey. <laughs> well, too bad he already looked amazing in the Celtics jersey. <laughs> I don't know if there's any... I mean, of course, there's always noise going on in the Western Conference. It's pretty interesting over there, to say the least. How is is Memphis going to be active at the deadline? Um, I don't know. Do I mean, bro, like, if it ain't broke, don't face it. So, don't fix it, right. <laughs> so it's like, you know, uh, it's, like, it's like, do we really want to trade away somebody like Dylan Brooks or somebody like that, Stephen Adams, D'Anthony... I mean, D'Anthony Miller is expendable, so is Tyus Jones. But do we want to trade away to somebody like Dylan Brooks? Right now, probably not. Like to me, I don't think they make any trades. If it is, it's like Jared Culver or Kyle Anderson. Those four players I just named are probably mm-hmm. like the, the the four trade targets for um for the Grizzlies or or the four or for the four the the four trade pieces for the Grizzlies. Um, also Xavier Tillman will probably somewhere be somewhere in there. Also a fourth trade piece, or yeah, well, I'm not sorry, a, a, a um fifth trade piece for the Grizzlies. Because you add Brandon Clark into that too. No, no. I like Brandon Clark too much for it. For me to for give me him up, to, right? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you because, <laughs> yeah, we, we, at least we agree. When it talks about, like, other teams in the Eastern, Con- I mean, Western Conference, they don't have that same luxury. <laughs> like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. A team that's been trying to fix it, it, it feels like since Jamal Murray got hurt is the Nuggets. Well, Michael Porter still being out, and that's that's if either one of them return this season. They just got Brent Forbes. Them being a six seed in the in the West, I think that's to me impressive, given what they've had to deal with. 
But I saw disappointing at the same time because, like you mentioned Aaron Gordon earlier, he's been playing better. We, I, even I got to admit that. And you know how I felt, felt before about Aaron Gordon. Yeah. When you watch the games, it's like a quarter of the time, he is running around chasing point guards. <laughs> I don't know if they're using him in the best role that it suited, at least on the defensive end. And I feel like the Nuggets' weakness, of course, is already, you know, with Jamal Murray and Michael Porter not being there, the offense is second to dip, but you still got Jokic. But even Jokic is not even necessarily the best defender. And even if you think that he is, it's like they still got to work on their defense, especially on the perimeter and that point of attack. And I know they can't get a first rounder since until I think like 2027. Are you willing to give up Najee, Jermichael Green? Like, how do you feel about him? I don't know. It just makes them interesting to me what they're going to do and how seriously do they take their chances because secretly, Jokic has been having, not even secretly, Jokic has been playing better than his MVP season. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, do y'all really want to waste that this year when y'all the number six seed? And you don't even got the Clippers are the eight right now, and they don't even got Paul George. The Lakers are going through what they're going through. Portland is definitely hurt by injuries. Minnesota is, is almost like they, they want to be good, but they don't want to be good. Like, make up your mind. Y'all are right there. We knew Golden State was going to be what they are um, this year. Utah being Utah, <laughs> we don't want to take them seriously. Because they got moments where we they choose to act play like they don't want to be taken seriously. Yeah. Denver, what are you going to do, bro? How can you get your defense better to me? How do you feel about it, Jalen? If uh, Jokic and Aaron Gordon, well, uh, for the most part, Jokic, really, if he just has an okay game, they have a good, really good chance to lose. Now, his defense... To me, he's a he's he's a good defender. He's definitely a better defender than what he was two years ago when you know they were in the bubble and uh, this was like the nineteen twenty season. He's definitely a better defender now than what he was then. But I mean, they can benefit from some more perimeter defending uh, from like the guard spot. Uh, I, but I don't know where you find that at right now, especially with the trade pieces they got. Because I mean, who do you really have? To, who Monte Morris, Capazzo? Like I, I don't know. Austin Rivers, like. Bones? I am bones. Mean, no, no, I no, I do not. Yeah, train bones. We ain't train bones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not training bones Highland uh, for for anything right now. Part of me wants to say, hey, just be patient and just wait for Murray and Porter to get back before we really access the way this team could be. But a part yeah, of yeah, I mean, you're not healthy right now, yeah, so you, you don't healthy. know what this team could be. How much turnover rate are we going to have heading into the next season, as far as our contract situation, and then also. What we're seeing so far, all the way up until this point, where are we at right now as far as outside of Jamal, Michael Porter, Jokic, like, and Aaron Gordon? Where is, where is the rest of this at if we're looking ahead toward the, towards the future? But it seems like there's a lot of teams that have injury concerns just kind of making their trade deadline situation murky a little bit. So we don't know what they're necessarily going to do. Like another team that's kind of right behind them is the Clippers, and we talked about them earlier. And Paul George, you kind of broke the news to me that you you don't even know if he's going to play again this year. And yeah. I was kind of heartbroken because I'm like, man, this man before he got hurt was in in my eyes in PV conversations. Like he's in that. What do you feel about the current state of the Clippers, real quick? Uh, I don't know because I mean they're not fully healthy either. They don't got Kawhi. They don't got PG. So. Um, I don't know really how to feel, but like to me, if I'm the Clippers, I still try to get get up to a playoff spot. But I feel sorry that they get injured because I mean, PG's having a career year. Kawhi is injured, of course, and you know he's a top 
elite seven player in the league, uh, depending on where you want to rank him. My eyes, top five, top, top five player in the league. Wait, did I say defender? Top, top five player in the league. <laughs> uh, the league yeah. If I'm the Clippers, like, you know, I would just stay stagnant through a trade deadline. Uh, unless, like, somebody wants Reggie Jackson, you know, Marcus Morris, Zubac, so, uh, Sergi Bach also. Their ball handlers ranked 23rd in efficiency out of the pick and roll. This is without Paul George. So it's like, it, it, y'all have a billionaire or an owner. If anybody can can get around the, the the tax bill or whatever type of exceptions, or even if you want to look at it like, hey, I could, you could save money on the behalf of having a billionaire, right? Mm-hmm. What's the timeline for Kawhi and Paul George? Because y'all playoff positioning right now, y'all fighting for the play-in. That's what only to get a matchup against Golden State or Phoenix, at least right now. What is the status of the health and when are they going to come back? And if we are being patient... How can we help moving forward? Because do you think a team out there could want Marcus Moore Sr.'s production? Like right now? Yeah. I think a team like the, I mean, right now, I think the Nuggets could use them. It's like uh, the Clippers could also use them. So it's like, I mean, do what you want to do with them. Keep them, trade them. Yeah. How expendable do you, um, I guess, do they think that they are? Yeah. I guess this segment would be kind of missing out for all the fans out there of the Lake Show if we didn't mention the Lakers for at least a little bit. I guess when are we going to be brutally honest about the Lakers <laughs> and just say that this trade was not good that they did with Russell Westbrook? <laughs> How can that fix it and make it right? I know this. I know people have been telling me that, you know, it's probably not going to happen this trade deadline. They're probably going to have to do it in the summertime. That's when he becomes, he has a contract expire of $47.1 million, I think, next year. I feel like if they can come out with somebody that's contributor on the ends of 3 and D that can help with spacing, it's like, I feel like they already have that player on their team. That's Kendrick Nunn. I feel like he's not healthy. I don't want to say he's a missing piece, but I feel like... Y'all could reduce Westbrook's world a lot more if um, Kendrick Nunn was there. Telling her and Tucker has been like kind of up and down with this play. But if you talk about it, they're the only ones that's making well, more than men. Those are the non-stars on the team. They have a chance to, to go deep into the playoffs? Or is that a pipe? Oh, yeah, they right have now? a chance. They, they have a chance. Depending on where Westbrook show up. But but yeah, they I mean, they got LeBron and Anthony Davis on the team. And they're certainly not like... Terrible. So, so, I mean, in my opinion, they have a chance. They just, to me, I mean, they, they better get to like the eighth or seventh seed to get that second play in or, 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 or to get a chance to get two playing games to the one. If you've had Russell Westbrook on your fantasy team, I know that it's probably been frustrating this entire season. If you play it on Sleeper, then you probably just have, you just have to have some type of uncanny, uncanny ability to pick the right games when it comes to him. <laughs> That's probably why you're staying afloat. But you got to be frustrated with it. I mean, if you have the Lakers outside of LeBron, then you're kind of in a tough situation right now, um, especially if you have AD on your roster. Yeah. Um, so from a fantasy perspective, this deadline is going to be interesting. And there's so many different questions for so many different teams. And we didn't even get to all of them because um, there's other teams that's out there like the Pelicans. What are they going to do with Zion? What type of packages do they try to do with their team with Brandon Ingram clearly being their best player? How do they continue to add with their rebuild? Or Portland, what's going on with them? I can go across East Coast, West Coast, span the entire NBA landscape. But the trade deadline for fantasy is going to impact the way we see players, players' performances, 
and projections. It could, it could help boost some, and it also, also could help hurt in other ways. That's how we see it. Dylan, if you don't have anything else to add, I'll just say this to drive this point home again for like the yeah. second time in the show. Jalen Brown would look amazing in a Hawks jersey. <laughs> I mean, I suppose, but we we ain't gonna never see him in one, so <laughs> better ask these Photoshop it. Hey, shout out to the best in the biz, the voice these. <laughs> and if you don't know, check out Bought on Live Podcast as well. Shameless plug. If you're into the closing segment, please check us out on all platforms. You can do that. Spotify, uh, I believe it's on Audible, Amazon Music, uh, probably Google Podcasts. Also, also if it's available, give us a five-star review. Um, as Moose said, we can get the episode. Uh, thank y'all for listening. Yeah, appreciate y'all listening. See y'all on the next episode. This is FE Hoops, presented by Rowan's Productions, and we are out. Peace.